video software crapped out and I was doing your episode, which was the finale. Every other episode, it worked fine. And then that one, it just like, you could see it record for like 10 seconds and then crashed. That's tragic. So, but I, I, I have the backup audio, so I'll do some fun editing to make it look cool. All right. Well, I'm going to start the episode. Um, I'll start it with the intro. Cool, man. Um, so this is when the radio voice, I'm rusty. I haven't done this in like two months. <laughs> this is uh this is a <laughs> excited. It's been a All right. <laughs> All right. I gotta get back to my flow. I'm not used to this. All right. Welcome everybody to another episode of everything under the sun with your host, Zach Jameson. It's good to be back. I hope everyone is safe and you know, staying healthy out there, you know? Um, I want to introduce uh, Sam Trottenberg, Manhattan-born, BU-bred. Hello, everybody. Uh, former co-host of the WTBE show Sample City. He does a new <laughs> called Speak No Evil. He just concluded the season finale. Um, and he's also working on a project called What's Going On, releasing this Friday. Um, can you speak to the people? Uh, what exactly is going on? What, what is what is the show that we're talking about? Oh, what is going on? Well, uh, here, let me give you the, the synopsis of what's going on. First off, it's great to be here, Zach. I always love coming on your show. Uh, I had a great time last time. Imagine I'm having a pretty good time this time, too. Absolutely. Uh, behind that show uh, is that I wanted to do something a little more guest-based, because Speak No Evil, especially now that it is uh, remote, I can't really have guests on it. Yeah. Uh, but I also like a lot of my friends and people I know are, are musicians, artists, content creators, people involved in media and the arts. Uh, and I think coronavirus has uh, impacted those fields in a number of different ways and very interesting ways, some good, some bad. So I just really wanted to get like kind of almost like a state of the union type thing going on. Uh, and get some people's opinions as to uh, what was happening. I mean, we had we had your lovely self uh, representing the, the podcasters, and uh, we had a radio guy. We got a musician. Um, we got a dude just doing like just becoming a content creator with the, the coronavirus and like entering the field because of that. Uh, we had a bunch of different interesting people, and uh, we had some like nice conversations about it all. Uh, it's a five-part miniseries uh, released all at once, like you said, this Friday. Um, yeah, just kind of like a State of the Union type deal. I really like that. I mean, I, I had an episode with you where we talked a lot about some of our experiences, how we're, how we're trying to stay positive, what we've been doing creatively. Um, so I'm going to, now that I'm the host, I'm going to revert it on. <laughs> how have you been staying creative um, in this quarantine? Oh, uh, uh, well, what's going on has been the main thing. I think it was important for me just to do something, especially now that Speak No Evil, the first season's over. Uh, and a lot of what I'm focusing on now is the editing process behind that. And it was just a good thing to do because that took up like a solid week of just like recording like an episode a night. Uh, so that was really important. Uh, I've been playing a lot of music, uh, mainly keys, even though I'm usually a guitar player. I, my joke is that like I'm leaving guitar to become a, a funk piano player. Oh, that'd be uh, that's fun. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I had a job last week, amazingly. I was, I was production assistant on this gig. Uh, we were doing like a music video type deal for this one artist. 
name was Alexia. I forget her last name, but that was fun. But in the studio we were shooting in, uh, they had a piano that the guy told me had been played by Elvis and the Beatles. So I couldn't help but at every like low moment just go and start playing. That's incredible. So, um, so you're staying, you're, you're isolating in Pennsylvania. Um, why is that? That's right. Uh, well, I'm from Manhattan. Uh, but we also just happen to have this piece of property out here, uh, which we were actually, we were thinking of selling, but we decided this would be not only the safest option because this community that we're in is only like 250 people. It's incredibly rural. Uh, there's just forests and trees all around, but also like it would probably be the most enjoyable option because we can still go outside without masks. My dad and I go for runs. We walk the dog. Uh, we can still like get breaths of fresh air which is nice. And we're very fortunate to have this place still. It's, it's uh, funny because like we bought it, we bought it before like 2008 happened when everyone was like, Oh, just buy real estate. Uh, yeah, so like a, a disaster that like destroyed this house. Uh, and now we have another disaster that has like made it so much more valuable to us. That's awesome. So describe your, your timeline from, you know, spring break to when things started to hit the fan uh, globally. Uh, what what's kind of what's been what's been the timeline for you? When did you go back home? When did you decide to go back? Yeah, sure. So I spent spring break uh, in New York, and I brought with me a, a great friend of mine, Mr. Daniel Cool, who you're also familiar with. He's also a, a future journalism major. Uh, we kind of showed him around New York. Uh, right as like the coronavirus thing was kind of starting to heat up, but we didn't, it, it, nobody really expected it to be like a huge thing. So we were still going around like hanging in Central Park and stuff. Um, and then like that week, all the schools started closing. Uh, BU had not closed yet, but they had like said basically like, we're going to do online classes. Uh, please don't come back. <laughs> but I kind of said, screw it. I like, I all my stuff is up there. My guitars, my keyboard, uh, my records, everything. I just want to hang there. I don't mind hungering down. So I took a train up and stayed for about a week and like more and more people kept leaving. It just, I mean, you were there for, for part of it. It just felt like such a, yeah. like a ghost town, man. Yeah. I had gone to California with, uh, my roommate, Zach Buznov, and, uh, I was in Orange County for, uh, a large, uh, actually the entire spring break, I was in California with him. We went to LA and uh, Newport Beach and all these great spots. But on th Thursday of that week is when things started to shut down. And we were in the same kind of boat that you were in where we didn't really think it was going to be that serious. And then they shut down sports and we're like, oh, okay, this is unprecedented. And so um, we kind of figured what we were going to do from there. And, um, so we flew out on Sunday and by the time I landed, um, I pretty much packed my stuff up and I left within 12 hours, um, of being, I left, I, I landed at 7 PM and I left at 11 AM the next day. So it was very quick and sudden. Yeah. yeah it's funny. I was like really determined to stay. Like I, I felt like it was almost kind of like I romanticized the notion of like sticking it out while everyone else was leaving. I don't know why. Something just made me really want to stay in Boston. But like more and more people left and eventually BU just said, all right, everybody just leave. 
and they gave us like two days of notice or something. Uh, so my dad just drove up and we grabbed just about everything I had in the dorm uh, and drove down to New York, stayed there a night, and then finally drove to Pennsylvania, which is where we've been hunkering down for like the past two months now, I guess. We did, um, a few weeks in, we, we brought up, because we go into New York still about every two weeks just to make sure like the house is still standing and like, yeah. get mail and stuff. Uh, and one of those trips, we brought back a very good friend of mine, Mr. Michael Shuey, co-host of What's Going On. Uh, we took a bit of a risk bringing him up, but you know he was with us for three weeks, showed no signs, none of us showed any symptoms. So it seems like it was fine. And uh, so it was nice having him up here, but still very, like we're incredibly isolated. So most most interactions still tends to be like Zoom. And, uh, and then presently, it's uh, it's just me. Uh, mother, father, dog, just kind of hanging. Yeah. Uh, until further notice. Yeah. So you've been—I know you've been working on what's going on and uh, working on, you know, playing some of the the funk keys. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have you been doing to try to to stay sane? You know, I mentioned running. Yeah. Yeah, running's helped a lot. Uh, and actually, the because we're in a little community called the Hamlet. And they just put in, like, there's, there's this clubhouse by uh, a little pond about a mile away from us. Uh, and they just put in, like, a path around the pond, which is about a mile long. So that's been really great. They did that. Um, yeah, just spending a lot of time outside, I've found has helped. Uh, I've been reading a lot more. Uh, I'm a big fan of this TV show called Sharp, which is very obscure. It was, it's, like... It was a series of TV movies from like the 80s to the early 2000s with Sean Bean as like kind of this like SWAT, uh, swashbuckling uh, British soldier from like the Napoleonic Wars. Very, like, it's very Sean Bean-esque, uh, but it's a fun show and it's actually based off a series of books. And I, I have like a bunch of them just in New York, so I just thought I'd grab them and uh, just be fun to reread them. Yeah, they're, they're fun books to read. So I'm glad I'm doing that. Uh, I have found, unfortunately, a lot of my time nowadays is, is spent on the internet and on video games and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to find uh, better ways to keep myself busy. But, you know, as long as we're all pressing pause, uh, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Do you think there's been any sort of um, epiphanies that, you, that you've thought of? Like, you know, like how – is there anything that you're trying to improve in yourself in this, in this time? Proving myself. Um, I think now I'm I'm taking a lot of time for reflection, mm. thinking about like what, how because I feel like I've I've done a lot like in the past year. I mean, coming into BU, I had no idea I wanted to do any kind of like radio or media thing. I just wanted to try stuff out. It wasn't even something I really considered. Uh, so kind of like backtracking that journey and figuring out like why it worked for me and, and what made me good at it and, and how I can improve on that stuff. And also thinking about the future a bit, like how much I want to commit to this, uh, that more like that kind of grand strategy stuff. You know, I actually, I, I can relate to that because you and I, we're, we're, we're kind of going in the same field. I know I'm a journalist, yes, maybe, we are. but I, I want to do radio and TV broadcasting and, um, what I've been trying to do is study my idols, people that really inspired me to do what I wanted to do. Uh, people like David Letterman and, and you know, Conan O'Brien, um, Stephen A. Smith, people who I've always really loved their work, but I wanted to know 
how they got to where they are um, and what what which obstacles they faced. Um, so I'm really tr I, I, similar to what you're doing. I'm I'm reflecting a lot on on what I want to do and how I want to how do I want to achieve that. Yeah, no, I think that's important. But how have you been looking at them um, at all stylistically too? Because that's how I find I'm spending most of my time when I'm like analyzing people who who I tend to like. Yeah, I what I did. I've been watching a lot of old clips of David Letterman and Howard Stern, and one thing I really appreciate about Howard Stern is how he can how how he how he can get information out of people so so easily. You know, I watched this with him and uh yeah. after he left the patriots and just the way he words questions and the way he is is like buddy buddy with them but also like it's all about push and pull with him and that's something i'm trying to learn I'm yeah like, yeah he's very i think he's like he's more careful he's definitely got like a whole style to him which like you know it, it works for some people it works for him clearly I think I like his honesty the most when he just kind of says, says what he's thinking. I think that's something I want to be more honest with. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Rewatching some of my old shows and seeing, honestly, like I re-listened to a couple of my episodes, episodes that I really, I really liked, but I've, I've been more critical of myself uh, in those episodes, trying to improve upon them, mm -hmm. trying to make them better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I should probably try to do some of that. Yeah. Do you think um, I've been trying to look for the positives uh, in this? Because I think there's a lot of negatives that we can pull from it. Um, so uh, have you found any positives since coming back? I know you talked about reflecting a lot, um, you know, going for runs. Um, is there anything you can think of that um, – you think is the silver lining in, in, in this crisis? Um, well, I think just like the abundance of time is great. I mean, right now, uh, I don't have a steady job. I'm done with uh, college work. Uh, what's going on drops this Friday, so I'm going to be done with that. So like my schedule is wide open. Um, and I think a lot of people are in similar situations. So just finding time for like self improvement and learning a new skill or something, or for me it's been like just diving deep into uh, a lot of different music. Uh, and actually, my like goal for the past month or two has been I'm trying to craft like the perfect playlist. Oh. Just trying to figure out what the perfect playlist is. So I'm making playlists for as many people as I possibly can. I think I've made like 30 in the past two weeks or three weeks. I'm just like trying to treat it almost as like storytelling, like I would an actual show or a song. Well, I would love to see some of those playlists. Is there any songs in particular that, that are, are staples in those playlists? <laughs> there actually, I definitely have uh, some staples and some combinations I like to do. One of the ones, one of the combos I like to do now that I've, <laughs> this, is a weird, this is a funny way to talk about it, but um, is there's, a, there's an artist named Hugh Masekela who's an African trumpet player, and he actually is, he got like one of the biggest jazz crossover hits in the 60s with a song called Grazing in the Grass. And I was recommended a live album of his, and he has a song called Marketplace, uh, which is very uplifting, uh, and uh, it's very, like, roots-based, and I, I really enjoy it. And then there's another tune uh, by Herb Allison, Tijuana Brass, 
I forget what it's called, but it's like in that kind of vein and it's kind of different than what most people are listening to. So I like to put those two together as like non-American uh, forms of music that people can listen to. Uh, I think I've been doing kind of the same thing. I, I made a, I made a really long playlist for both of my grandmothers. I made playlists for, I made playlists for you. Um, I've made a playlist for at least, I, I don't know if I've made 30, but I've made at least 10. Um, and uh, I don't, I'm not, I know I've, I've heard of Herb Albert and the Tijuana band that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot more Marvin Gaye. Uh, oh yeah. Marvin Gaye is really um uh outside of us you know personal benefits personal positives uh do you think that there has been uh any positives that we can gather um whether it be globally or socially um america it's tough because i feel like america isn't actually handling this uh as well as other nations are on all fronts which is kind of a testament to like how different each state and region is and just how vast uh, the U.S. is like countries like Germany and New Zealand uh, and even Israel, which have been able to actually deal with the virus incredibly effectively and, and are really coming out of it. Like they're far smaller and they have populations that are just much more homogenous and all kind of understand that like, you know, this one thing will kind of work for everybody. Uh, so I think they, those countries have, have certainly uh, shown their resilience and uh, their companionship. Uh in the U.S., it's tough because we have there are a lot of regions that are doing what I think are not not smart, not right things to do. A lot of people trying to open things up too early, uh, which probably isn't the way to go. Do you think that um, part of that has to? I know we talked about this last episode. We talked about the U.S. politics being broken. Do you think that has something to do with the the atrocity that has been our handling of the of the situation? Um. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest fan of the president, and it's, I mean, this is like an incredible, uh, like, this is like a once in a century type of crisis, and to fall on, on his administration's shoulders, I, you know, I think it's, it hasn't been great, uh, and I think it's all, you know, a lot of people are, uh, are, are, are starting to lash out at each other. Uh, which is unfortunate. So I think to a certain extent, yeah, you know, the divide that we already had is being deepened by the virus. Uh, but I, you know, I, I still am a bit hopeful. I think people are are overall recognizing, you know, the, the importance and the bravery of our uh, medical professionals. And a lot of people do have this, uh, uh, this idea, this belief and, and follow the idea that, uh, you know, as long as we all stay in and, and kind of sacrifice our usual livelihood for, uh, for the good of the nation, well, we might all get through this. Uh, but even, you know, people like to talk about how it's like in the Midwest and in the South where people aren't taking this seriously. I was in New York last week and like a third of the people walking around didn't have masks, weren't like trying to social distance. Right? No. It's, it's, there are a good number of people who are treating this uh, well, but not as many as we need. I think a problem with a situation like this in a country like ours is that what you mentioned finger pointing people are pointing the finger at, e- at each other when realistically nobody under nobody expected this to blow up the way it did so one thing that we mentioned uh last episode was framing uh 
framing the situation to make your side look like it's 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 the the honest and um, moral side, and the other side is is a monster. I don't think I think you're right when you say that uh, you can't place all of the blame on the president. I think I I I I don't want to blame anybody because this is a global catastrophe. That's that was. Um, it's inevitable, but but it's also very rare that something like this happens. Yeah, and I think the issue in our politics now is that no side wants to assert any blame on themselves. Nobody wants to. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants to admit wrongdoing or just the fact that they were wrong and they and they dropped the ball on it. Nobody wants to be authentic about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, and especially considering that that neither side acts close to perfectly, uh, you know, put aside ideological differences, but just in terms of like morals and ethics, you know, there's an incredible number of, of, uh, of wrong things that happen on a day to day basis. Uh, but you know, I think just putting blame on, on people and, and parties and, uh, and administrations right now, it's like, you know, what's it going to do? We, why don't we wait till, uh, Till after this is all over, and, and then we can put blame on people. Because then I'm not going to care who really gets blamed, as long as we get out of it. Uh, and you know, I mean, this is a time, uh, much like you know, a, almost like a world war, where we need to unite ourselves uh, against a common enemy. That enemy, of course, not being a, a person or a country, but rather being coronavirus. Um, and something that uh, the U.S. did. Uh, very well in, in World War II. I've seen it quite as well, which is unfortunate, and it shows that uh, you know we're not as div- as united or as understanding of each other as we once were. Yeah, I, I um, there's two people in in this crisis. There's the people who don't really believe how serious this this virus is, or maybe they just like they see it as like you know, how do I frame it? You know, it's a serious thing, but we'll move on. We'll, we'll yeah. get this. Um, and I don't think those people are wrong. You know, a, a large, large, large majority of the nation will survive this. Um, and then the opposite side of that are those who, you know, we want to follow the orders of the CDC. We want to follow what Anthony Fauci says, stay inside and, uh, as, as best as we can limit the deaths in, in, in America. Um, both sides, I don't think are wrong. I, I think both sides have a point to what they're saying, but it's the, it's the hostility and it's the, it's just the, it's the anger. We're all so angry, mm-hmm. but this is a, this is a, this is a, a crisis where we should, we should unite as one and not be so, mm-hmm. not be so negative about it. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate. That um, that we really have not been able to do that, uh, and you know maybe it's a also from a lack of strong leadership on on both sides. You know I haven't really seen anybody who's really called for people to be united except for like, I mean Andrew Cuomo is like the closest thing to a guy who's like trying to step up, which is really funny coming from New York because nobody in New York has ever liked Andrew Cuomo. We all think he's like a egotistical jerk. Um, so it's funny that now, like he's like the big player in the in the Democratic Party. But like you know, I haven't heard Joe Biden speak in like months. 
Uh, I can't stand anything I hear from the president right now. It's like, you know, we need, we need people to, to, you know, bring us forward and lead us. Where's our FDR? Where's our Churchill? Where's, uh, that's what, that's what I find very interesting because we have a presidential election going on. Granted, it's, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's very different now than what a normal election is, but it's, it's troubling that again, we're in this situation where we have two people who are both morally and, you know, in this case, mentally uh, unstable. And uh, it, it, I, it makes me question whether or not we should even have this sort of election. Like why, why, why are we having another, you know, you know, two evils again, you know, same as we had in 2016. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, the process does continue. Uh, it sucks. I, I'm like the world's biggest Andrew Yang fan. Yeah. And like, I cannot express how much I wish we had, uh, like, you know, nominated him because, uh, like, you know, they're basically trying to do like the freedom dividend right now. Uh, my dad just got the, the PPP loan, the small business thing. Uh, you know, I like imagine what like a force he would have been. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly energized by either candidate currently. Uh, but I mean, it feels like there should be a, a re-election, you know, because I feel like people's values have shifted pretty drastically since this has happened. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you know, there's still uh, you know, November is still a long way away. Uh, I don't love I mean, I don't get to vote in the primary now. They canceled the New York primary, they which, yeah, they canceled it. That, that's. I think it's, it might arguably be an unconstitutional move, although the Constitution doesn't technically say anything about uh, primaries, just the general. But, like, you know, I was going to vote by absentee ballot anyway because I live in Boston, so I don't see why you couldn't just do that on a mass scale. Um, yeah, I see it. I don't really trust the, uh, the government to do the right thing in that situation. I don't think that they would be honest uh, with who they vote for. Or who, who, I don't think they would count the votes very ethically. I don't know. That's but, tough. But I think the thing that I'm really upset about in, in this election is that we're back to, you know, on one side, we have Trump, and he's probably the most unpopular president since Nixon. I don't think that's a hot take. And on the other side, we have this person who's accused of sexual assault. He doesn't look mentally competent. And where is, where's he been in this virus, in this, in this, pandemic he hasn't been in yeah. I mean I, I've been saying for a while that uh, that Joe Biden's campaign strategy should be to just like remain as much out of the spotlight as possible but that was before or like like as much as that's still probably the optimal campaign strategy for him just because he just you know I mean he's you're right he's not all there I think maybe it's a little exaggerated uh, just based off watching him in debates and stuff. But he definitely does not, like, you know, his good days are few and his bad days are many. So, you know, what we really need is, as, or what the Democrats really need is a candidate who steps up right now, which is why my big crazy theory is that uh, Cuomo is going to roll up to the convention and say, all right, I'm going to do this for the good of the nation, and then he's going to throw his hat into the ring and and win the presidency. <laughs> I mean, that would be insane. I think it could happen. It's not unheard of to uh, just nominate um, candidates from the floor uh, just to draft people after the primaries. It just hasn't happened in a long time, but neither has a pandemic like this. Yeah, and you know, 
we're we're entering into the uh, a new normal you know um things that were once you know common or you know things that were once uncommon are now are now suddenly a reality um how how do you envision uh, the new normal after this is after this is over with well i think at least for next year we're all going to be wearing masks uh, just going outside i think that's a given um i hope I hope that the new normal involves a lot of testing. That's been um, Germany's strategy for dealing with the virus. You know, if we can all have like a weekly testing thing uh, or, or like a daily temperature check or something, uh, you know, just like ways like that, that are not super inconvenient, but that also are pretty effective for determining where an outbreak might come. Um, I think, because a lot of what I, with the new normal, what I tend to think about is in terms of universities. Because that's what's really like up for debate right now, and, and what's kind of unsure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't really see big lectures again, or at least in the next few years, because mm. um, it's not really like a give and take, uh, like a, a discussion session, um, and it's a far greater risk for uh, for a, a coronavirus transmission. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that just went to all online. Um, I don't think that universities in and of themselves will go online. I think that, that uh, people are too uh, ingrained in the college experience to want to fully move to that. Uh, I think a number of jobs might, because uh, a lot of businesses are finding now you can just hire people to do things remotely and and uh, you know get it done just as well. Yeah, I, I think working remotely will be a new norm. Um, post coronavirus but when this is uh you know when we get a vaccine and uh, the cases start to go down and we're back to normal life again um i have a feeling that working from home will be uh a much more of a mainstay people work from home now but it's yeah it's a pretty small percentage of of the of the country but i have a feeling that post coronavirus uh post pandemic that working from home will be a lot more common. I think people, I think some people like working from home and now that it's available, yeah. you know, I think it'll be a lot more common. Yeah. I also think, um, I think we might see uh, kind of a, uh, the rise of suburbs again and, and more, uh, and almost like white flight in like the sixties and seventies, a lot of people leaving cities, which I kind of hope for. Cause it means, um, you know, as a New Yorker, real estate prices go down New York gets a little funkier, you know, becomes more of a hotspot for art. You can actually like afford things. Uh, becomes more like New York in the seventies. So I think we might kind of see um, major cities go back to that a little bit of urban decay, uh, and maybe even a flourish of uh, of art and music. That's just me hoping. That's another interesting thing. We haven't had. I mean, we haven't had a lot of of, of movies and. And uh, TV shows, music come out in this. How do you? What do you expect when you have all this time to to you know curate your art? How how do you think? What do you what do you expect from that when that's all? Yeah, um, I almost wonder because like rap and hip hop has kind of uh, ruled popular music for a, a decent amount of time now. I almost wonder if a new genre is going to take its place after this. Uh, but more so than the new genre, I wonder if we're going to get a new subject matter for music as the mainstay. Because uh, to me, it seems like love has been like the main subject, like bread and butter for musicians 
for like this foreseeable ever of like recorded music. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that became more shifted more towards introspection since that's what a lot of our time now is spent doing. Um, in terms of uh, TV and film, because I'm actually becoming a part of this now, uh, I mean, I think it's it's tough for bigger budget things. Like, for smaller budget things, like, I'm trying to convince my dad to start marketing uh, himself and myself as, like, kind of the quarantine crew. Because together, I mean, we, we have the gear. We, we got multiple cameras. We got uh, lighting. We got sound stuff. We got a car. We can, like, do anything in the Northeast on, like, a day's notice um, and just, like, shoot whatever people want to do. And that's basically what we did um, last week, uh, you know, just get, like, a little music video. So I think projects like that are going to slowly start to come back more. I think uh, I w there probably aren't going to be that many um, uh, movies at the Oscars this year because there just won't be – it's impossible to make them uh, in a big-budget sense. I do know of someone who just got hired to produce uh, a series done entirely through Zoom or like through Skype or something, which I think that gimmick's going to fade in like 10 minutes. It works for like podcasts and stuff like this, which were already being done beforehand. Uh, but uh. done through Zoom, hmm. I mean, I think you're right. That, that's a that's a fade that's gonna that that that's like a. That's a trend, less than like a mainstay. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the Parks and Recreation reunion show? I have not, mostly because I ha I had never watched the show beforehand. Uh, but it sounds fair enough. You know, I well, I recommend the show, but the the reunion was basically that. It was just like everybody on the Zoom call, um, doing like old jokes, uh, and I didn't find it very funny. Although I think actually a lot of people enjoyed it, so I'm in the minority there. Uh, oh. But I just it felt so gimmicky. They had a um, a horse competition for the NBA, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was genuinely terrible. It was like the camera quality was terrible, the audio quality was terrible for months. Mm. And these are these are basketball players that make millions of dollars, and it was atrocious. Mm. I like the I like what they were trying to do, but it was just like it was really bad. I watched yeah. the first that I didn't watch the uh, the finals for it. It was just really just really sad. Mm. Yeah, I musicians though, man. I wonder how many albums are being planned right now. Um, I, you know. They could release albums now. I feel like they have to wait. They could release some tour later. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Uh, you mean of like albums that have already been recorded uh, pre-coronavirus? Yeah, like if you well, even if you're recording it now, if the album's done, release it. Do you have, people have so much time to listen to it right now? I mean, you know, people have their reasons. Uh, I mean, I have a friend, uh, Mr. Johnny Ferris, who also appears on What's Going On, who's been working on an album for, like, it was supposed to come out a year ago, and I think it's finally going to come out uh, pretty soon. Uh, and, you know, people people are perfectionists. They take months and months to put finishing touches on. I, I know how that feels. Uh, you know, it's like when the time is right. Well, um I can tell you that big things are planned for um, everything under the sun. I have a new project that we'll be launching this summer. Ooh. So more details on that will be uh, coming very soon. Well, I cannot wait for that. You better believe uh, I'll be firing on all cylinders with the advertising.
I'm waiting for um, the messenger part two. When is that coming out? <laughs> I actually was working on a, a demo for a, a song a few weeks ago that I kind of lost interest in. But I don't know. I might I might try to record something. I'm thinking because um, my dad's also a, a guitar player. I'm thinking because we have pretty good video and sound equipment just here in the house that we might try to like put out some live sessions and just have us like talking shop and 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 just playing whatever we feel like and almost like uh, <laughs> there's a like on Danish television or something there's like an hour-long video of Dr. John the great New Orleans piano player and, and Johnny Winter the blues guitar player doing a session and they just like between songs just like tell old stories and talk about music and, and whatever so that's basically what I kind of want to do I don't know if I'm ready to do an album yet well, I know that there's a person, uh, a local person, who is putting on like a, a quarantine concert. So it's it's him and like his family, but somehow all of his his friends and family are musicians. So they 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 play their music to, like their their surrounding neighbors. They live in a nice little suburb in in a, in a, a town nearby, and everybody stands six feet apart, but they're all there. Um, to hear the music and it's a lot of it's a lot of old stuff it's a lot of like you know 70s rock 70s funk um they have this one girl who sounds a lot like amy winehouse um so it's a really nice little it's a really nice little uh concert that they have for the community yeah that sounds great that kind of stuff is uh what i'm hoping more and more people will be doing yeah and then like i know um travis scott had a Fortnite concert Free little Fortnite, oh yeah, <laughs> a Fortnite concert. That's I mean things like that, like little free um, things to do with your fans. You know, it's been a lot more live streams. Uh, I know um, the Rolling Stones performed together through live stream. I think that's something that could that could continue to to blossom. Things that could be more common. Yeah. Yeah, I know um, Tedeschi Trucks Band. They're uh, they're live streaming their old shows. Like every week, um, that's good. I think a lot of bands are really like reaching out and, and starting up donation things. Even small bands that are like super like gonna have to struggle during these times, uh, which is just uh, it's just great to hear about all that stuff. Uh, even like I mean, Tedeschi Trucks Band's decently big, but I bet like you know it's a twelve piece. They've got like their whole road crew, and they have their own studio that they gotta pay for. You know, they put out um, like a jigsaw puzzle of their uh, most recent album cover. They said they were donating 50% of the proceeds to a current comment section. It's going, why don't you donate 100%? They got to make their money somehow. <laughs> well, I wanted to keep this short and sweet uh, this time around. So um, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for a part three of the same truck experience. Um, so your, your, your show, what's going on that comes on this Friday, the this Friday 15th. That is correct. So by the release of this video, uh, what's going on and everything under the sun will have launched their episode. Um, do you have any, any words of wisdom, um, for, for everyone listening? This is a historic time. It's a time we will tell our kids and our grandkids about. 
and it is a time where you have so much freedom to do whatever you want and to benefit yourself however you want. So don't waste it. I love that. Thanks <laughs> for words. Oh, and uh, what's going on? 